Hey y'all, to say that Bachelor Matt James' season finale was the most dramatic is an understatement. Although most of you probably know the controversy that swirled around Rachel, one of his final two picks, I can report that many other moments had me wagging my finger at the screen, sucking in my breath in shock, and shaking my head in disbelief. I'm going to guess that most of you listening already know the glaring revelations from After the Final Rose. There's no need for me to break down every little detail commenting on the episode's ins and outs, yet some guy in Austin and I do just that. And look, I get that you're listening right now because you really want to know if Emmanuel Acho is as great as everyone is claiming him to be. That answer, by the way, is yes. Yes, Emmanuel Acho is a fine man who enjoys riveting conversation and the snug fit of a jaunty plaid suit. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 207 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Ray. I'm here with some guy in Austin, and we're going to talk about after the final rows of the most controversial, I'm going to say, and dramatic season of The Bachelor on record. Would you agree with that statement? Actually, for the first time in 25 seasons, I think that's accurate. It is the most controversial. (laughs) Lots of controversy. Lots of controversy. And let me tell you, we had two hours of a season finale. And and we say this all the time, but not during the finale. But I I believe it could have been pared down into about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I would have rather had two hours of Emmanuel Acho walking people through interviews. I think he did a great job. I think he did a great, awesome job. I thought, um, actually, he was much, much better than Matt, honestly. I don't Mm -hmm. know we're going to get into that, but um, he was respectful to everybody. I thought um, he should have been the one to interview Harry and Meghan. I mean, he asked some tough (laughs) questions, you know? I mean, Oprah just kind of softballed it around there. Um, But he asked some tough questions, and um, he was empathetic and sympathetic to both Matt and to Rachel, and I thought Mm -hmm. he did a great job, Um, you know? I guess uh, he's no Harrison, you know. There's there's that right. Harrison that comes with the show that just it, we've expected to see. But I thought he he did a really good job, and he did make it a point to say I'm here filling in for Chris Harrison. Yes. And, yes. Um, yes. So yeah, I thought, I thought he did a really good job. But uh, back to the episode, um, I just we, we laughed about this last week, but I didn't feel any magic this week either. You know, it was yeah. clear that there was some kind of disconnect with Matt and these two finalists, um, even in light of the fact that he didn't know, you know, anything that would, uh, occur yeah. after the final. It just, he seemed the second his mother kind of pointed yeah. out what she did, he just shut down completely. Um, well, tell everybody what his, his mother did point out. So his mom and his brother, um, his brother looked reluctant to be there or maybe uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Um, but I thought he did a good job um, asking the questions he was told to ask yes. the girls. You know, I really <laughs> so, don't think that guy you know he just pulled out his little little piece of paper in between <laughs> and memorized it, and then put it back yeah. in his pocket and said, "Okay, ha- have you ever had any other relationships that were long term?" Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he was not very convincing. But um, the mother uh, said, who's a crier, by the way, it was very clear. She's a crier. Um, Major weeper. Yeah. You know, she met, she was, had, I thought, I thought she had very lovely conversations with both um, Michelle and with Rachel. Uh, she seemed very sincere. Both of them seemed totally committed to whatever was going to happen. Yep. And then they talked when Matt was out of the room, the brother and um, the mom talked. And then she said something to the effect of love isn't everything. And, you know, just be careful before you decide to get engaged. Don't, you know, the whole thing we always hear, don't just get engaged to get engaged. Mm-hmm. And the brother, um, I thought, handled it a little more diplomatically. He said, look, I'm going to support you in whatever you do. But uh, again, don't feel obligated to get engaged. I don't think that was an indictment of either girl. Um, I think they probably know Matt better than probably Matt knows himself. Mm-hmm. But I was amazed at this switch that went off in him. I mean, he went from, clearly I thought he was going to get engaged to just completely being removed from everything. He couldn't get out of there fast enough. What I believe Matt was wanting, it was for his mother to say, oh, this one is the best for you. That's right. And she That's exactly. didn't for a little bit last night. I kept thinking, all right, Patty, I'm, I'm blaming you a little bit on this one. But then I, I pulled back because I think Patty was just being a loving mother. And she was saying, hey, you, you know, it's it. Think through this. This isn't this is really fast and love isn't everything. And and that whole love isn't everything. You can't you can't throw all your chips in just because of the word love. And I know she's saying, cause you don't really know if you love this girl, but Hey, if you want to go for it, great. But look, I went for it too and see what happened to me. And that, as you said, it crumbled him and he could not recover. Yeah. Here's, here's what I think too. I think that that family, um, and it, it was, it's very apparent. I think if you, if you, even if you didn't believe this, just go back and watch that whole scene again. Very apparent that whatever the father did to that family um, is still a gaping open wound. Um, I got that from the mother too, because she kept saying, don't make the same mistake I did. And I think, you know, I don't know what their courtship was, but you know, it sounded like she fell madly in love with Matt's dad and jumped into a relationship. And, uh, you know, he decided um, very early on that he wasn't going to stick around. And so, you know, I don't think she wants the same for either one of her sons. And so I got the impression really, she might've been projecting a little, but she mm-hmm. was clearly concerned. I think she, you're right. She was a concerned mother, but it's clear in Matt's conversations with Harrison and Matt's conversations with the women and his conversation with his family, that whatever the dad did um, is not healed yet. So right. that's a shame. Um, because you know, they're having to pay for his mistakes or whatever, but, um, yeah, I thought, so I thought that was in operation as much as anything else. But, you know, to your point, you just said he just crumbled and just couldn't Mm -hmm. recover. And even on the, after the final rose, he was, Mm -mm. I thought he was pretty cold toward her. Um, he could have at least wished her well. Um, I thought he could have accepted her apology that would have gone a long way. I think to, you know, probably the, um, abject hatred she's probably getting online right now. He could have done more than he did um, to at least put a bookend on that chapter Mm -hmm. and have everybody Mm -hmm. move on. Mm -hmm. He kept saying over and over again, love fades, love fades. You can't, 
it can't just be love because love fades, which is exactly what his mom told him. Mm-hmm. Where, where I think we went with this, because he, he leaves his his mom and brother again. I feel like he was prepared for them to say, hey, it's Rachel and you go for it, son. We love her. And he was, I think he would have. But when the mom didn't pick anybody and then said love fades, he all of a sudden everything came back to him from his childhood. He's, he's very emotional with Chris Harrison, but he does end up going on a date with Michelle with the idea of, Oh, it's going to, I'm going to figure it out as I go along. And so they do the stupid rappelling down a building where we get to leap of faith together and learn how to trust each other. I mean, yeah, they get to sit on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tarmac and just yeah. have a little chat on some sort of random bench. And then that night, she, Michelle, gives him jerseys that say Mr. James, basketball jerseys, Mr. James, Mrs. James. She's just smitten. Mm-hmm. And he can't even, he can't even pull off a fake smile. Yeah. He Because his whole thing is, I just got to be honest with these women, which I appreciate. But he dumps Michelle saying that he can't get there with her, which I totally believe. I believe that he wanted his mom and brother to say, Rachel's the one and he was going to be great. It was going to be really hard for him to get rid of Michelle, but now he's getting rid of Michelle and is totally clueless about what he wants to do with Rachel because he knows for a fact he does not want to propose to her. I don't recall a final um, where both women seemed so invested in one person, you know, they, they both were clearly, um, I think ready, you know, and, and you don't always get the impression. I really do think whatever his mom and brother said to him, because there's obviously more to that conversation. I mean, I I don't think that was, we, we certainly got an edited version of what went on. Um, and so whatever that full conversation was, I think made up his mind for him. I think he was ready to just propose and, go through the motions and, you know, see what happened. And clearly his mom and brother talked him out of it. And what's funny to me is, is isn't that what happens every year? <laughs> every Everybody just kind of gets, they just propose and they get engaged yeah. because the normal person is like, well, this isn't real. Yeah. What's so funny is I was sitting on, Mrs. Some guy was, uh, we we're sitting on the, the couch last night um, watching this and, uh, you know, Matt was hemming and hawing or whatever. And I just put push pause and I said, you know, it's, it's an engagement. It's not a tattoo. And she was just like, that's a horrible thing to say. And I said, well, it's true. I mean, they can get engaged and jump around the red carpet for six weeks and break up and no one cares. That's what everyone expects. But Matt, James, and Michelle are so innocent where they have no clue what's going on with anything. Bless their hearts. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if Rachel does. But anyway, here's the part where I just went "Mm -mm," for, for Matt, James, is afterwards. So Michelle is sitting with Ocho and she's having her time. He's she. She's the first person that he brings out mm-hmm. and she's sitting with Ocho and he, she tells him that, you know, that was, that was miserable for me. I had a very, very hard time after Matt left. I was shocked. I was not expecting that at all. 
she had made the his and her jerseys for heaven's sakes. And so she said she was breaking down and asked the producers, I just need two minutes with him. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to change his trajectory. I'm not trying to sway him because she did say while he was there breaking up for her, breaking up with her. I don't know if I'm supposed to fight for you because I don't know if, if you're breaking up with me because of Rachel or you're breaking up right. with me because you can't get there. Does that mean you need more time? And yeah. so she wanted that closure, that something. And uh, he refused to speak I, with her. And I, I went, I thought, oh. I thought the way, <clears throat> the way she handled the entire situation, the question she asked, and then even subsequent you know, to the breakup when she was on with, um, we've gone from O H C H to A C H O. I thought that's, a <laughs> but, um, but, uh, when, when she was on with, um, um, I guess it would be O T A C H O our temporary host. Yeah. Acho. Sure. I guess sure. You're going to have to think of a, an, an acronym. That. For yes. that, but, um, but I thought she exhibited, um, what would be, I guess referred to these days as emotional intelligence. Um, sure. You know, the question she was asking because, you know, the, for 20, she's 27, she knows better, but you know, for, for someone that age, that's going through that for the first or second time, you know, it's often a defense mechanism to say, well, it's me or, you know, what is it about me? What can I do to change? I mean, there, there are things that, that people squirm in breakups and she didn't do any of them. Um, no. I think she realized that he had made up his mind. I think she could see it in his face. I think she just wanted to know, like you said, was it Rachel or was it some other issue that, you know, I can help you get past and I need to fight for you. And he Mm -hmm. just wouldn't, he really wouldn't answer. He said very, very softly, I just don't think I can get there with you. And that was it. That Um, was it. That was it. You know, she did call him to the carpet and say, Hey, you, you could have at least talked to me for two minutes. I just needed to talk to you. And you said, no. Um, I have mixed feelings about that because at that point, you know, what is there really to say you know, and I guess his assumption when someone runs down the hall and says, Matt, she wants to talk to you is, you know, she's going to be a crying, awful mess, begging him to mm-hmm. change his mind. Um, whether that's fair or not, I think it's probably a one reasonable interpretation of, hey, Michelle wants to talk to you after that. Um, but yeah, he could have given her two minutes of his time and just said, yeah. you know, look, um, decisions made, I'm sorry. And, you know, move on. He honestly probably wasn't in an emotional place to have a conversation with her because he's, he's scattered and has no idea what he wants and what he's supposed to do. And he's just floating around the Neapolitan resort. there, not again, not, not talking with Harrison every chance he can get just bumping along. But he does say um, during after the final rose, he he praises her and gives her all sorts of compliments. And then Michelle does a really good job of saying, hey, this is all I needed. I'm fine. You know, I've already dropped it. It's good. Right. Now, later we learn that Michelle is going to be a bachelorette in a mm-hmm. future season. So she's all cool about this. Anyway, did she not look fabulous? She looked, she she looked, looked great. She looked very... um very healthy, very ready, you know? Um, yes. And I think, um, you know, if asked next season, um, about Matt James, her response is probably going to be Matt who. Yeah. At the end of the shell, Michelle breaking up, then he then goes and cancels everything with Rachel. So she doesn't even get a date and she doesn't even know what's going on. 
until she arrives at the proposal pedestal, which yeah. we did not see all season long. So there's this lovely birch apparatus built in the middle of the woods. And was it lovely? It looked to me. It looked like that. Um, what is that? That movie with the the one of the Hemsworths, the the that Snow White movie. Sure, it, cool. That's what it, yeah. It looked, <laughs> it looked, like the, I just, I just, my bar is Tasha's season, so everything yeah, is better than Tasha's season. Yeah. And when what's his name had to hike a mountain before he got proposed to Roberto, yeah, Roberto, Roberto. bless yeah. his heart, he was going to have a heart attack by the time he got there. But anyway, we find Rachel getting out of the limo and Harrison greeting her, and she's going up to Matt and she tells him all the wonderful things, and then he says, "I can't." give you this ring, which he did get from Uncle Neil, but I can't give you this ring. I can't propose, but that doesn't mean I want to leave here with you not in my life. So he just scraps the proposal altogether. She seems very happy. And then all is well. We cut to Acho. He's in the he's in the studio without anybody and a jillion candles and a jillion roses and he brings out Michelle. But then he brings out Matt. And as you know, Manuel Acho has the book called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And so he, as you said, quoted several times, sitting in for Chris Harrison. I'm, I'm sitting in for Chris Harrison over and over again. So I thought that was kind of him because, I mean, Chris Harrison is not going to be in the next Bachelorette season. That has been announced. But I thought it was kind that he said yeah. he was sitting in. And... I wanted I wanted to quote how he starts off the show. He says, there's a lot to talk about, especially after racially insensitive images surfaced from Rachel Kirkconnell's past. And we certainly have to address Chris Harrison's defense of insensitivity in his interview with Rachel Lindsay, for which he has since apologized. My hope is that we can talk openly and honestly. We can take steps towards a mutual understanding and healing. That's how he starts the show, which I thought was, again, very generous and kind. He's setting the stage for, we're not throwing anybody under the bus here, and we're here to learn, and we're here to grow. So he brings out Michelle, and they have their thing, and then he brings out Matt James. What were your initial thoughts, besides the sparkling beard, breakup beard for Matt James. You had mentioned that you thought he was cold. Do you feel like he was that way with Acho during their one-on-one time? Yeah, I think, um, well, three, three things. One is um, Acho needs to get a suit that fits him. Um, <laughs> I, I get the whole tailored I thing. Of, I kind of like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I get the whole, like, that's the thing these days is like, it's, it's super <laughs> tailored. But I, I mean, at any moment, I thought he could, the arms were going to bust and the, the, I was waiting for the button to break. I mean, it was just, it, it was a little too much. But you know, did you it, like that he wore a turtleneck in honor of? That I did know. I did notice that as well. Um, and uh, yes, that that might be his signature look. We don't know. Um, but I do. To your point, I thought it was when he opened the show because I didn't. I didn't yeah. know what to expect. Um, yeah. I thought, okay, this is why they picked this guy. You know, he 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 had. Uh, a clear frame of reference. I think he had been talking about these issues online. And I, I told you, you know, him and his brother were big, um, you know, community guys in Austin when they played football here. So I've known about him for a long time. And um, his, when uh, 
uh, the George Floyd thing happened, he had um, several local people like McConaughey and a bunch of local, you know, UT people on his podcast to, to have discussions. And um, he's just one of those guys that was never super negative. And so I, I was very pleased with the way he opened it because I think, you know, a lot of people were angry about, you know, that the decision was made to pull Harrison. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, certainly I didn't know what to expect. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. And then when Matt James came out, um, I thought Acho seemed to like, come on, Matt, you know, he was throwing him softballs and he's trying to get him to talk. He was leading him with, you know, look, we have, we're both athletes. We're both black men. We both have these experiences. He tried to engage him a lot and it just seemed Matt almost pulled a Ben Flangic. You remember how Ben yes. was refusing to do interviews and he was just yes. so over it. Um, that's what I felt like. He was, just, he just did not want to have that conversation. Um, whatever, uh, positive feelings he had about the show, I think were souring or had soured and he just didn't want to be there. Um, I agree. I thought he had a real opportunity to maybe articulate why, um, those images were so hurtful to him. And I think he failed to do that. I thought, um, Acho again, threw him some softballs and said, well, isn't it because of this? And isn't it because of this? And Matt really didn't say a whole lot. Um, and then when he pulled Rachel out and they were having their conversation, he even said, what about people who say, you know, she dated a, a black guy on TV for weeks at a time and she's clearly in love with you. I mean, isn't that enough? And I was surprised at his answer. He maintained a steady flow of she has to do the work. And she has alone. to do the work alone. Yeah. And she has to do the work and she has to do the work alone. That was his, that was his answer for almost anything. Even if, if that didn't match the question that Ocho asked. I just got the impression there was more going on there. I mean, I, I don't. I agree. I, I agree. I think that he clearly was both surprised and hurt by those pictures. And, and I get that, mm -hmm. but I also feel <clears throat> again, like, there was a convenient way out for him not to deal with the other emotional stuff that was preventing him from getting there before this happened in the rose ceremony. Right. When, mm -hmm. because it was clear that when he didn't ask her to marry him, there was issues there. And I just think he saw a way out was like, okay, this is, this is the final straw. And then he just refused to engage again. So yeah. I don't know. I did. That's just my theory. I don't pretend to understand all of it, but I think that, they hired the right guy to do the interview. And I don't think that um, Matt wanted to really participate. Yes. And that, that couldn't have been more clear when Rachel comes out. Acho is asking Matt to, she's a different person. Can't you teach her? Can't you grow with her? Can't you help her? And he again says, no, she has to do that work on her own. So on the flip side, when Rachel comes out, this is what, and I'm, I'm quoting this, I'm reading this verbatim for what Acho said when Rachel comes out. He says, there's a difference between being racist and racially, racially insensitive or racially ignorant. I've been very intentional about saying what you, Rachel, did was racially insensitive. It was racially ignorant and it plays itself out as racism, but that doesn't necessarily classify someone as a racist. You have to pull back the curtains and look at their intention. Was their intention malicious? And he says, I don't think your intention was malicious. Right. To I, Rachel, which yeah. that, I think that was a, a good thing to say. No, I think it's also a true thing. And I, I actually was impressed by the way she handled it too, because she said, look, there's no excuse. Um, and when, when he said, look, it's, you know, 
you know, for <laughs> he kind of dumbed it down. He's like, well, antebellum means you know before the war, and war, you know, this yeah. is so so it's the slavery period, and that's what you're celebrating. Um, and he, and he asked her direct, a direct question and said, you know, is that, is that what was your understanding? And she said, you know what? I didn't even think about it. The truth is I went to a party with my friends and I didn't think about anything. Um, and so that, that answer struck me as very truthful. Um, and again, he wasn't, he didn't attack her. He didn't say, well, you know, this is the point why black people are so mad. All, I mean, he, there was none of that. I think there was a genuine attempt to just allow her to explain herself. And, you know, ironically, we've never really seen that on this show. Right. Um, you know, there's just always a bunch of yelling and screaming back and forth on the, the women tell all or whatever um, when they put someone in the hot seat. So I thought she did a really good job um, accepting responsibility for it, but it was just, I want to use the word heartbreaking, even though I'm not that emotionally invested in all this, but I thought it was really um, it was tough to watch when she just told him, look, I'm really sorry it hurt you. And and by the way, for you to love me the way you did and me feel what I felt from you and you to come to this decision, my only conclusion is that whatever you were feeling was awful for you and I really hurt you and I'm sorry. That was an unmitigated um, acceptance of full responsibility for something that occurred you know, years before she met him. And he did nothing with it. You know, I was waiting for him to say, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate your explanation. Um, I accept your apology. Or he yeah. could have even said, look, I'm not ready to accept your apology. Yeah. It's still, he'd said nothing. He said he just nothing. Said that, and he I said remember, nothing. And Acho's going, Matt, what are you feeling? Right? Matt, I can see the wheels curling. <laughs> Matt, it's Matt, best Matt, being well, honest. Like Matt, we're rolling. <laughs> Matt, the camera's on. I was, I mean, Y'all, I was seriously <laughs> nothing. He no, said nothing. nothing, and there were long pauses. And she's trying to, she's trying to touch his shoulder, and and again, Acho jumps in, knowing, yeah, it's been way too long, man. Thirty seconds, way too long. Hey, Matt, I, I can see your wheels turning. What are you thinking? And he just stares down. Right. I thought my first thought when he was kind of squirming in his chair was there's so much going through his head. You know, he's, he's either super angry and he just wants to, to stand up and scream at her or he's so hurt because he's still in love with her and he's conflicted. Yeah. You know, it was clear that he was wrestling with something in his head. And even Acho, after, again, a solid 30 seconds, um, I even checked like the sound on my TV. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe the DVR <laughs> froze or something. And uh, then he moved and I thought, oh, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. And Acho was like, uh, Matt, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, don't you want to say anything? I can see in your eyes that you're emotional. He didn't take the bait at all. He just chose not nope. to say anything. And then um, he, he tosses it to Rachel, though, and says, Rachel, this is the last time you're ever going to see this man mm -hmm. in your life. Do you have anything to say? And her response is, you're the only reason why I decided to do this show. And that includes every part of you, yeah. including that you're a black man. And I've never experienced love like I have with you. And I don't see it's going to ever happen with someone else. And yeah, he just clear. Yeah, mm -hmm. Pretty clear. I, 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 I thought um, she could not have been more direct. Um, she couldn't have been, you know, aside from throwing herself uh, at his feet and begging for mercy. Yeah. Um, I thought what she did was, was adequate. Um, you know, she apologized, she explained, she took responsibility. Um, you know, she didn't try to run from the question. I was actually, you know, the other thing that I was impressed with was when, um, she was being asked before Matt came out about the whole thing, there was never the word, but, you know, it wasn't, right. 
you know, right. I went to this party, but you know, everyone else did, or I went to this mm-hmm. party, but it was, you know, it, that's what happens in Georgia. And it was just, you know, no one thinks about that there. There was no, there was no equivocating. It was complete acceptance of responsibility. And I think her intent, um, honestly, and, and maybe they had talked off camera or something, maybe she knew where it was going, but I think her intent there was to get him back, to, to let him I stay agree. with her. And even Emmanuel said, Hey, is the door even a little bit open? A little bit Matt? slightly open. Yeah. Nothing. Then, nothing. Here's a question I have too, and I, this is a sincere question. We've heard a lot. We heard this last night. The the word uh, a lot of work has to be done, and we've heard it with Harrison over and over and over. He's doing the work. He met with this quote race educator, and he's doing the work he needs to do. Um, we heard it with um, I think Sharon Osbourne recently with when she defended Piers Morgan and the Megan thing that turned into a racial conversation. She said she's going to do the work. I just want to know. What, what work, what, what does that mean? You know, I, I would like somebody to define that for me because frankly, you know, I think there's only so much any person can do to fully understand another person's point of view. And I said this last time, I can't understand what it is to be like Matt said, you know, a black person in a room full of white people. And like Emmanuel Acho said, he could go through his entire day and, you know, he's the only black guy that white, white uh, all white people see. Mm. What work needs to be done and what is expected of me? Um, and I don't get a good answer to that question whenever I've asked it of, of white people or black people. Um, I just, and I think you know, last night I heard something that was encouraging to me because I think that the way that Emmanuel Acho approached that conversation was like, okay, now I kind of get where he's coming from. Um, it's not an attack on anybody, but it helped me understand, okay, this is the way um, it's viewed from his perspective. Now what? And that's my mm-hmm. question. Now what? What what has to happen? Yes. He did ask Rachel that, what steps are you taking to better yourself? And she said something along the lines of, I could sit here and list off all the books I'm reading and all the podcasts I'm listening to and all the counsel I'm receiving from other people. But that doesn't mean anything unless there's action behind it. And I admit that I went to a place of what did, what is that action? Right. What do you, what do you, and, do? And, but she didn't answer that question and he, he didn't push farther on yeah. it. So, and, and I feel like, I know you probably do too, cause I know you, I've known you a long time and you know, I've never known you to be um, mean to anybody to, you know, most of the time to your own detriment, by the way, you're a nice person, but I feel like, and, and this is the truth. I feel like I treat everyone that I encounter every single day with respect and with courtesy, I mean, I open doors for people at the gas station. I say hi to the guy at the gas station. How are you doing today? Uh, when I go to the grocery store, if I go to the courthouse, I mean, I, I don't feel like I, I'm walking around like this toxic person all the time. And so it's difficult for me to to relate to how any person could look at me and say, you know, there's so much more you have to learn about all this to be a good person. Because I don't feel like on a daily basis that I'm, you know, disrespecting people or oppressing people or being mean to people. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And so, again, it's a legitimate question. And you and I, you and I talked about this. I think this format, The Bachelor, is a good way to start to have this discussion. Because when you hear the president or you hear, you know, some talking head on CNN or Fox or whatever, um, or even, you know, these academics that write books about it, when you hear those people talking about it on TV, there's there's something removed from everyday understanding. And here you've got a reality show that basically anybody can relate to, right? I mean, you've got 
the general public, all kinds of people watch this. And so I think it's a good format. These are just some of the questions I had. Maybe they make sense. Maybe they don't. One thing that I have learned in the last several years is, um, you know, the people who I surround myself with, you know, do we all look the same? Do we all act the same? That's something that you kind of wrestle with whenever you are strong in your faith is, are you just around people who are also strong in their faith? And so you're never stretching and growing as Acho said. And so the importance of making sure that you are, I mean, the whole Emmanuel Acho thing is if a white person has a question about race that they're afraid to ask, he is a safe place to ask that question. Right. I, I would hope, because I know I've probably, and we've said this before on the podcast too, I've probably said and done things that I have no idea. And my hope is that somebody points them out in a, in a way that can help me too in Instead of a, instead of kind of just yeah. going to such a negative place, because I think that's what I like about Emmanuel Acho is that he's safe, and he made it very clear that he is safe, and this is all about education, and it's all about removing tension. He kept saying that over and over again. We're removing the tension, so hopefully we can have um, a, a calm and educational conversation with each other. I honestly was pleasantly surprised last night um, with the show. I thought Matt did a terrible job. I thought he had an opportunity and fumbled the ball, but I thought Emmanuel Acho did a really good job at setting the stage for that conversation. And mm-hmm. frankly, I'm more inclined to listen to his podcast and listen to what he has to say now yes. because it interested me. Yes. And I think that's that's where we land this plane is that look at how much time we have spent on this part of the conversation, which I think is is a, a good place to end up that we are wanting to kind of dig into this a little bit deeper. And we are wanting to think, okay, like you said, I thought about, I'm going to go get his book for sure. And, and it's really easy to download a couple of podcasts right now and listen how it goes and, and good for him. And I think that the, the idea of pulling somebody from outside of the franchise was a very smart move yeah, versus we, we, having yeah. somebody in the franchise. But um, that leads me to the announcement that, you know, Acho sits there at the very end and says, do you want to say anything, Matt? No. All right. And then right, he has to awkwardly go, well, now we're going to introduce the two bachelorettes that are going to be. It was so, no, was so a- awkward. I felt bad for him. Another thing that struck me too is when Katie came out, you know, she was, it was so funny because she's like, oh, I'm the bachelorette. This is my moment. This is so great. I'm so free of all this nonsense. And this is, you know, it's just, it was such a non sequitur. Like, okay, we've had all these tough conversations. Now just bring out the random girl who's a bachelorette. Yeah. Um, I do. Here's what I do hope though. You know, my prediction is that Harrison is going to ultimately get a co-host. You know, there's going to be um, a co-host. And I hope that, these two seasons aren't viewed as well, the black season and the white season. I really, that, that struck a chord with me because it's like, well, you know, I I don't think that's the right message to send, but even Michelle and Katie laughed about it last night. She said, I thought we were going to be the bachelorettes together. And they had a good laugh about it. Um, That would be a nightmare. I would have loved that. (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, I mean, just picture a group date. You know, with, yeah, with two I know. Team. I would have loved I mean, that. Would, 
No, no, I didn't want it that way. Like I said, like I said last time, I would have rather had Michelle's doing her thing over here and Katie's doing her thing over there. They're never together, but their guys can kind of vacillate between the two to where the guys kind of have ownership too, whether you know they're all yes and they're all talking in the background like would you like michelle or katie oh i like katie better yeah. me too and then of course there's gonna be a handful that both girls like and they're gonna have to fight over it and she's gonna say i want to have a one-on-one with steve and then the guy's gonna go our you know producers ah steve's already with michelle today so you're gonna have to pick somebody else oh no i this that it would be great to do like a reverse two-on-one, right? Have Michelle and Katie go on a date with one dude and have him pick, <laughs> you know, yeah. send her back to her yeah. own 28 guys. Well, help me think through this just for a second. If she's filming right now, which we heard it started last week, so let's just say they're quarantining, and maybe they start filming in April. So that would be April, May. What are you thinking this? summer that it would come out so it'd be april april may it's probably into early june because it takes what 10 weeks to film this thing right i'm thinking like early summer okay and and then then you have have paradise then we have paradise and then we have a break and then we have michelle season michelle season and then we'll go to january back to another bachelor bachelor yep so that, that's right. what I'm thinking. I just, you know, here, here's my hope for this whole thing. I hope Harrison gets his job back. Um, and, I, and I hope that um, something good comes out of this. I feel bad for Matt James because I felt like I felt like he was on a good path to get over whatever issues he had. But I also don't think, and I haven't looked at anything online, but I don't think his his uh, after or his after the final rose thing is going to play well. I really don't. I think the, yeah. the winner in that whole situation is Emmanuel Acho. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing I thought was um, it would have been great if Rachel would have asked Emmanuel out. No, no, no. Here's what we were thinking. Laura, Laura clued in on this. Acho didn't do so hot with Michelle. His first interview, he seemed kind of off a little bit. And then after that, he was on in such the best way. And and she said, it started off a little rough. And I was like, yeah, it did. And she said, it's because I think Acho likes Michelle. And he should be on her season. I said, yes, let's yes, do that. I, I don't know if he's, I didn't see the lettering on the guy's he doesn't. Team. I looked it up. I looked it up. He's not married. He's he's not in my age range, unfortunately. But I How think he is. He's, he's, he's like late. I thought that too. I thought, well, you know, if Matt's just going to sit there and stare into the couch, maybe Rachel and Acho should retire for a drink somewhere. You know, I I, 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 I think it should be Michelle. I do. I think he was nervous around her because he likes her. I just the guy's got to get. Um, I just got to. There's uh, I have. A, a bachelor um, group text, and there's two people right now, literally right now, watching the show, and I'm I'm getting text, and somebody said, um, "Does the host uh, know that he's wearing his little brother's suit?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's my only criticism. You know, Acho needs to get a better tailor, and and maybe just you know take those take the thighs out a little bit. And the biceps. And the biceps, you know, and, and you're good, man. That's a great a great look for him. He's clearly in shape. But uh, you know, just give the fabric a little a little break. <laughs> I don't see like so if he's got an undershirt, I mean, he must be wearing like spanks under that thing. I mean, how do you fit all that stuff on 
and not just explode out of it. Hey, thank y'all for listening and congratulations for making it through yet another Bachelor season. Well done, you guys. Well done. If you'd like to read a recap of the finale and the Women Tell All, head on over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and years of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you had it over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. We're heading into a new series with the podcast, so make sure you tune in for fun pop culture episodes that will have you laughing. It's what I do, and it's a joy. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there until we're together again. Love you, mean it. Texas forever.